One of the reasons why I love Asana so much is because it was created to help teams organize, track, and manage their work so that they can accomplish more. It doesn't matter what time of day or time zone you find yourself in, teams are always aligned no matter what. Book a call to see how Asana can make the difference in eliminating work about work within your team. Welcome to the In Systems We Trust podcast with Mark E. Murray. In Systems We Trust dives into all things systems and processes and interviews the professionals who are using them to change the landscape of their organizations every day. This podcast is fueled by Ditto, a team that is on a mission to eliminate team burnout by implementing systems and processes that streamline your business's growth. Are you ready for more clarity? Here we go. Welcome back to another episode of In Systems We Trust. My name is Marquis. I'm your host. And today I'm speaking with Jordan Ross. Jordan began his career at Amazon Fulfillment to learn from the best leaders and operators in the world. While he was there, he managed over 2,500 employees. And when he was 24, was managing an eight-figure, 800-person business unit. While at Amazon, he started uh, started a consulting business on the side. And the first company he ever consulted was a digital marketing agency. Immediately, there was a product market fit. Welcome to the show, Jordan. What's going on, Marky? Thanks for having me. You are very welcome. It's good to be connected. I mean, off air, we were talking about our our mutual connection, uh, Jean Ali, who was on the podcast last year. Um, and I I shouldn't have said it, but you know, for the listeners, I mean, I'm sure you would agree. Um, to date, one of the the best podcasts. Um, uh, guests that I've had on, and uh, I was in her Spyglass Operations Facebook Live the other day, and it was just so good to reconnect with her. So um, nice that we got connected through through Jana. Thanks so much. Yeah, she's um, we're really aligned on like energy, consciousness, spiritual approach, and I think for mm-hmm. me that's that's what I probably appreciate about her the most. Right, that it's it's not yeah. really that we're in the sa- a similar space. It's we just right. vibe. So the fact that that was a great episode means I, I got my performance hat is on. I'm ready to rock and roll for you, for you all today. Right on. Very cool. I'm excited for the chat. Um, so obviously taking a look around at some things like we're here, we're going to be talking about um, agency operations today, getting the leaders out of the weeds, something that I'm very passionate about, um, do a lot of the same work. And, you know, I shared a little bit ago and the listeners will know this that prior to getting into consulting and operations, I ran a marketing agency. And so I, I know a lot of these problems because I've experienced them myself and, you know, turn to um, the system side of things to help agencies and, and owners get out of the, get out of the weeds as well. So I think it's going to be a great chat, but one thing I do want to start off on um, you, you said um, in, you know, your, your info when you submitted here um, that you, you take a month off, every year just to prove that anyone can do it, right? So I, I love that. That's a perfect case study that your your methodology works, that this is possible, that we can create systems that you know scale and allow owners and leaders to get out of the day-to-day. So I, I'm just curious, like how long for you did it take to get to that point where you not only felt comfortable taking that time off, but you were leaving your team behind? Obviously, there was a lot of work to get to that point you probably had some ups and downs. So just curious what that journey, you know, looked like for you where you finally said, you know what, I'm going to test this thing out 
and uh, eat my own. Someone I know used to say, eat my own dog food. Um, so w- w- what'd that look like for you? How did you get here? I know it's a stupid saying, but eat it's all I can think of right now. <laughs> Shit. Um, I, I like to say, I, I, I want to practice what I preach. Practice and what I preach, yeah. I'll actually start with one. my intention. I think in the marketplace, there are an abundance of thought leaders. There's more podcasts now than there ever has. There's more content now than there ever has. And there's more frauds now than there ever has been. And I think it's refreshing for the marketplace. To, you know, We sell two things. We sell the dream, which is you want to build the business that can grow, operate without you. You could focus on things you love. You could focus on the things that you're best at that grows the business. And you could also, if you need to take a month off or two weeks off or just peace out because you want to, you can. But we also help people escape what I call the prison. You're stuck in the operation. You can't take time off. You're not profiting as much as you want. Your team's not performing at a high level. Your profits are lower than you want. Your clients aren't staying. And the list goes on. So I think it's so important, you know, not only are we helping people do that, but hey, I'm I am my best case study, right? So that's what first, first and foremost. And how we got here, how I was able to do that, because you did say, like, was it was you scared? We'll get to that. You know, when I worked at Amazon, that's what Amazon teaches you. Amazon teaches you how to build a great operation with your own team. You should be able to leave for a week. And if your assistant manager, your co-manager, or whoever on your team is able to run it, like that's how it should be. That is the standard at Amazon. You need to be able to leave your team and they need to be able to freaking crush it. And if you're not, if you don't, you're not a great leader at Amazon. You're not ever, you won't get your first promotion. Like that's literally the bar for your first promotion. Like think about that context. Like we think about the agency, the world or the entrepreneur world, like 90% of people can't do that. But the the entry level bar of Amazon is that that's the lowest bar, right? So by the time I left Amazon, you know, I had managed over 2,500 people in my last role. I was running an eight figure business, you know, as you said. Um, 800 employees. I sat at my ass most of the time in the office because one, I didn't want to be there. I was over it. I was there for the stock. And then two, I was consulting on the side. So I, I had already done it over and over. So when I got to my business, I knew the path, how to do it. It took me about, it took me a little less than two years. I quit Amazon, made the leap um, in 2020. And, you know, within, I think it was 22 months, I had built a million dollar million dollar run rate business and I was able to leave the operation. So I think that's a fair timeline because I think anything b- before that, you know, like sh- shit gets crazy. Um, you can do it within a year though. So I would say one to two years is possible. I was stressed though, candidly. I didn't think I would be, but you know, like my reputation's on the line. My business is on the line. I'm doing this because I know I have to. And I also told my wife I would. So there's yeah. another commitment, but I was so anxious for the first week. And my wife's like, why are you anxious? I'm like, you know, that million dollar thing that's paying for all this. If that shit fucking crumbles one, that's going to look bad for me and for us. And two, that's going to be really stressful in the next two, in two weeks from now, if shit's popping off in the bad way. But I meditated a lot. I did a lot of tapping, did a lot of my personal practice and it expanded me personally. And it worked out. The business grew that month. You know, that was great. So that's the high level. I love that. I love you said about commitments, right? Like you, you made the commitment to yourself, made the commitment to your wife, like you're, you're doing this thing. And so it sounds like you already, you're bringing in a lot of experience from Amazon into this once side hustle, right? You proved it at Amazon with your team. Why agencies? Like you said that that was your first clients. Did it just happen that way? Or was there something there from your past? 
No, man. I'm a, I got really deep spiritual faith. You know, I'm not, I don't ascribe to one specific religious path, but I do believe that, you know, we're put in a place where, you know, if we walk our path, we will end up where we're meant to. And that's what, you know, when I was trying to break into the consulting world, I had a mentor that said that, you know, you just got to trust the path that's laid before you. So I, I went in with that intention. They said the niche will present itself to you. Yeah. Cool. I saw a vulnerable post from an entrepreneur on LinkedIn and, you know, 2019, I DM him. I'm like, yo, I'll work for you for free. I, mm. I know I, you're struggling. He's like, my business, business is as easy as everyone thinks it is. I'm struggling with hiring and sourcing and keeping tap. I hit him up like, yo, I'll work for you for free and we'll crush it. I crushed it for him for 90 days, three months. And then I was like, yo, like, are you receiving value of this? Yes. Could we make this into a paid engagement? So I started working on it as a side hustle while I was at Amazon. And then he gave me a few referrals because he had a good network. That's something that's so important. It wasn't someone that was just a random person. It was someone that had a lot of credibility in his small circle. So he yeah. gave me referrals and they gave me referrals. And then when I quit Amazon, I had $3,000 in revenue that was coming in already. So nice. made the leap and then I, I really freaking hit it. Um, but the niche presented itself to me and yeah. it was instant fit. Agency owners are great at funnels, sales, strategy. They're horrible yeah. at scaling teams, operations, fulfillment, systems, processes, retaining yeah. clients through the team members that you hire, hiring, sourcing talent, building culture, management. They don't know any of this stuff. This isn't the bread and butter. They haven't studied it like you and I have. Um, yeah. So that's why it was, it was just an instant fit. Yeah, it's like we we went on the same soul searching journey. Like I, I have a mentor who encouraged me to really dig deep when I was at the marketing agency, really dig deep. <clears throat> to figure out like, what's my purpose here? What am I doing? Who am I working for? And like, mm. because I'm a creative, that was my background. That's what I knew. And I was seeing that with other colleagues who were in the marketing space as well, um, delivering services. They're great on the creative side. They're great on their delivery, but back end, it's all a mess. There's chaos. And so what we, after all this like branding exercise, we came to what was essentially my, my not value prop, but like my, my North star, and it was to help creative entrepreneurs live the life of freedom they started their businesses to achieve, right? So like we do that through systems and processes. We do that through order and creating structure within those teams. Um, so in that, like with you, to get back to the original question, you're taking a month off every year, right? Like I think you said this year you're going to take three months off, Um Collectively, well, not at one time, but collectively, sure. it will be accumulation sure. of three months. Yeah. What, what does that look like for you? Like, what are you doing in that time off? Is it reflection and ideation? Are you reading, traveling the world? Like, what does yeah. that look like for you? Because from an outside perspective, you've achieved that freedom that we're all looking for. Yeah, uh, it's a lot of travel. And, sure. you know, in the summer, so we started this last year. So last year we took about two and a half months off and I was like, holy shit. That was dope. Do that this. was so cool. Yeah. Like, fuck yeah. I don't know if I'm going to drop F-bombs. You know, I don't know if that's cool. Um, we'll figure it out. But if it, okay, I won't say it again. <laughs> but you know, this is sick. So, you know, what it is coming into the year, I go really deep on building the business. So, you know, post-Christmas, like January, February, March, April, we're building. I'm not, I'm, I might take a Friday off. Next month, we'll take two days off Thursday, Friday, we'll do a staycation. We'll, we'll drive to like, um, Palm Springs. Mm. 
But once the summer hits, you know, we're starting in May this year. I'm taking a full month off. We did a Euro trip last year. We're going back to Europe. So we're going to hit Portugal. So we're traveling nice uh, a lot. So we're doing Portugal. We're doing Italy. We're doing Greece. We're doing several cities along that journey. And we're living well. We're enjoying ourselves. Um, and it's a lot of spiritual growth, right? So on that bookshelf, for those of you listening, yeah. there's a bookshelf behind me. Um, you know, I'm consuming books for me for my the the spirit behind me to like evolve on that level and that's what i like to to consume on my time off it's not about business because that's my whole life is about business and yeah. we're eating a lot of food we're doing we're seeing a lot of things so that's the summer and then you know we take a week off for our, our anniversary my wife and i which is in october we're taking a week off for thanksgiving we're taking a week off for christmas and then in between all of that so that's, you know, almost two months. And then we're just taking time off randomly throughout the year. We're taking two days here, three days there, and our two days there. Friends getting your birthday. This person's getting married. So combined, it, we start with a template of, you know, call it seven weeks off and we find our way to 12 throughout the year. Okay. Got it. And so what does the structure look like for you to be able to do that? Kind of walk us through your consultancy now. Um, I have a follow-up question to that, but just curious, when you're away, who, who's running things? What does that all look like? Yeah, so as it stands of today, I'm not running the operation, period. So I have my COO, Matt. I was able to poach him from an eight-figure business to come work um, and build this with me. So he oversees the whole operation. He oversees our client satisfaction our customer satisfaction. He oversees to make sure our consultants are working well. So our model is a one-to-one -one consulting model. We work with our clients. We build them a custom roadmap based on their goals. Because one founder might say, I want to build build this to sell in 12 months. One founder might say, I want to build this to be the next biggest thing. Um, ultimately, all paths lead to building an operation where the founder is not at the center. They're in, their, they're in the appropriate seat that allows them to, you know, enliven just do the best with their skill sets and their passions so we so it has to be built with that so we built that roadmap and when we connect we connect with them weekly our consultants do to ensure that they're executing that roadmap they have clarity there's no ambiguity because if you're a high-performing entrepreneur you need two things you need that accountability to make sure i keep that momentum but you need that clarity what does the system look like how do i build it what's the temple what's the example and we have slack communication in between our calls in between our weekly calls or we're checking in on them. They're sending us stuff. We're reviewing it. And it's a one-to-one -one model. We got seven consultants on the team. Our minimum criteria for a consultant is you had to have been at least a CEO, COO, or executive of an eight-figure business. So our talent pools, you know, they don't need oversight. They, they crush it. They're high-performing individuals. So, you know, I'm not really overseeing the consulting as it is right now. And, you know, my my journey this year has been building the marketing system so I can leave and we're still going to book over hundred appointments a month. So the pitfall last year, it took off and we, we, barely, we did not book enough appointments. Um, so our revenue went up when I was gone, but our revenue went down because there's a lag. The thing that didn't work was my marketing funnel. My appointment setting systems were not dialed in. So that's what we fixed. Okay. So now that that's fully automated, doesn't really need me. I get to do more podcasts. Um, I got that unlock. I have a head of sales, Zach, who's in our partner in the business. He oversees the, you know, the CRM and all the sales team and professionals making sure our prospects are engaging with us and they're joining the program. Yeah. And that's it. Those are your three heads, marketing, sales, operations. As long as those three are taken care of, you, you can step out completely. 
that, that's that's how we engage and that's how it works. Beautiful. Before I uh, ask my follow-up there, just a quick aside. You, you said that your consultants are former eight-figure CEOs, CEOs. Why are they leaving their like, well-performing businesses to work for you? Yeah, it, it's a variation. I mean, we have one guy that is still running a $30 million business, but he he loves this work, right? At the core of what we do, we're helping people change their businesses. And as a byproduct, we change their lives. And there's there's nothing more fulfilling than changing someone's life, right? We've helped several people become millionaires. Yeah. There, we've literally taken people who were not making a lot of money that were just hustling their face off. And now I see the pictures on on social Jeremy Moser is a great example. He's like, you know, two years ago, I, I had asked my dad for money for Christmas presents. This year, I, I bought everything without even looking at the receipts. I see that. That's that's what we do. That's the byproduct of the, the partnership that we have. So why? Um, it's really fulfilling work. And, you know, just the, it just depends on where we catch people in the cycle. You know, we have one, we have one guy on our team, Herbert, who was in the marketplace. He was looking for a CEO role. And I was like, hey, why don't you just come on our staff? So now we have him full time, right? right? And we have some guys, we have two guys that have built and sold two companies. One built and sold a nine-figure company. One guy built and sold a $50 million company. It's like, I don't want to go become another employee. I want to go help people now. Yeah. Hey, we do that. Come work with us, right? right? So it's it's a variation of reasons. But at the core, we have a team that really wants to help people. Cool. Right. And some of those guys, money's not a thing. And some of those guys, they're vendors at a stage where that's what they want their, their professional career to be about. They want to devote themselves to others. And that's, that's, I think that's, I love you, that. you attract who you are. And that's my devotion to my clients. We're here to be a fiduciary. We're here to help change your business, which will change your life. And that's what we love. That's what I'm passionate about. So that, not, I think that's why the team came to fruition. I love that. Great answer. Um, here's my follow-up now. So I'll I'll tee it up for you like this. I mean, they always say that you are your own ideal, um, prospect or your own ideal client. And so listeners, they're no stranger to my journey, um, where I've come from. And so a a lot of the marketing copy, we often use a lot of the social media stuff, like the videos you see, like you, you got a great video on your, on your website landing page that like talks to this, but like, we often have to walk through it to really understand the problem and, and really connect with that ideal lead. So I'd love to talk for a few minutes and then yeah. we'll get into your process and your methodology. But like you're talking about like good things that are happening, like the positive side. I want to know like, what did it look like for you? How bad did it get? Because like, just to give you a bit of context, we're just meeting. Um, I, I was the guy working all the hours, wearing all the hats, staying up till 3 a.m., working weekends, can't get away from the work, you know, putting oh, yeah. family on hold, right? And then finally systems helped me get over that. So what was what was your story? Yeah. Um, I, I love I love this question, by the way. This is an amazing question. So I was really fortunate. I became obsessed with podcasting in college. Uh, and in college, I graduated Ohio State in 2016 for context for, so I started podcasting 2014 and one podcast in 2014 said, and, cause I had known I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Like that is the plan. Shark Tank has yeah. influenced me enough. I'm going to go build a business. That That's the game plan. <laughs> so I started podcasting with the intention to build the skills and the, the mindset. I started reading rigorously. You could see, I got all the books here. There's 50 yeah. books that are not there. So we need to add, but one podcast had said, 
you know, the best thing I had ever done was go mess up on someone else's dime. So by the time I actually went into my own business, I didn't have to stress out. And that really made a lot of sense to me. Hmm. So I went to Amazon to go learn the skills I needed to learn. I looked at those things. I was like marketing and sales, operations, management, finance, and accounting. I was like, I got finance and accounting, got an accounting mother. She's grilled. She grilled me. I got it. Marketing. I'll figure it out. Sales. I'm good with people. I'll figure it out. I'm not, I need, I think I'm, I'm passionate about the leadership stuff, but I'm not a great operator. So I'm a, I'm a typical CEO, typical someone who could cast a vision to go manifest that. I'm not an operator by nature. I, I can see, and I could roadmap and engineer operations really well, but when it comes to actually the executor, I'm not great at that by skill naturally by my innate ability. So my scary time, my stressful time is I got wrecked at Amazon. I almost lost my job. I had no clue. I, I, and this is the great, the, the great and the scary thing. When you go to work at Amazon, I'm 21 years old. I've never managed a single person. And now I'm handed a team of 100 people. Most of whom are at minimum 40 and 50, 30. Yeah. I'm the youngest one on my team. I don't have a freaking clue. And on top of that, I'm managing a massive territory. I have a huge space I'm accountable for. So this the thing that I was running around with the chicken without my head cut off with my head cut off. I had no plan, no structure. So my scary moment was I'm at Amazon and I know I'm not getting it. And my manager's not helping me. So I ended up taking my personal income from Amazon. I started investing in programs outside of Amazon. I found what's called the one thing. Jeff Woods at the time was running the one thing. And it's this methodology of reverse engineering your success. And that really clicked. And I started to be like, okay, if my, I want my team to perform, I need them to do this, this, this. If I want these things, I need to be able to set this up in the next month. If I want this thing in the next month, I need to do this, 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 this week. And then I need to do these three or four things today. I learned how to work on the business. That was a mm. big moment for me. And you know, it took like three to six months to figure that out. But in March, February, March of 2017, my manager sat down, Wayne Bateman, freaking love this guy. This guy's like a director of Amazon fulfillment. Now he's like, Hey man, you really got to turn this around or this is not going to be good. I knew what that meant. I I knew I had 30 days or I'm going to get put on a pip. That's what that meant. Like 30 days. And if you don't know what a pip is, a pip is a performance improvement plan. It's basically you, you are on a formal plan where if you don't perform and hit your KPIs, you're fired. I knew I had 30 days to turn around and that's when I did March, March, February, March, 2017. I figured it out. So it took me about like nine months at Amazon of hitting my head against the wall, stressing, calling my parents at the end of every day, like wanting to cry, wanting to quit. But you know, I, when I set myself to say, I'm not, I'm, I'm here to figure this shit out. I'm not going to, I'm not going to stop. And I mean, it really sucked for a little bit, but then it clicked and then I figured it out. And the next year I built one of the, the highest performing team in all of Amazon, 250 selling teams from an inbound perspective. And then I started studying culture. I started figuring out how to influence people and then clicked. So I, those scary moments I did on someone else's dime. Cause shit, if I did that on my dime, when my wife isn't entrusting me to provide for us, I don't know. I don't know how long she'd wait around for me um, to you figure did, that out. You did, it the right, you, you did it the right way. Sorry, go on. That was it. That was it. Yeah, you absolutely did it the right way. I mean, I guess we got to thank Jeff for that. But um, Uncle Jeff, Uncle Jeff. Um, yeah, I mean, a, a lot of entrepreneurs they don't do that. Like they're in the job, they're working on the side hustle, and they think they got it figured out. Michael Gerber talks about it in the E Myth 
um, revisited, right? They have this entrepreneurial seizure where they think they can now go and do it all, all themselves. But again, more evidence to you, the fact that you knew you were always going to be an entrepreneur. You took the time on Amazon to do it and you started out and it, it all worked for you, right? Like I remember when I was leaving my my agency job to start my own thing. Like you mentioned your, your starting amount earlier. Um, I had $4,000 a month coming in between my, like my, uh, my, my, my different agency and marketing clients. And some of them were paying 375. Some of them were paying 750. Right. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Right. And that was a lot of money at the time. But I remember like, I had like 100%, 100 was right. And so it's just like, so many people get into the trap where they're like, yeah, I can do this on my own. And they just, it all crumbles because they're spending their time trying to service 20, 30, 40, 50 clients, all paying them a few hundred dollars. And it doesn't make sense. Did you ever have any of that? Or was it a nice smooth transition? You took your learnings and you went on your own. Yeah. So I, I love that question because when I, just some, some context about me, I thought I wanted to be the next Tony Robbins in 2018. So I thought I wanted to be the next pronoun like coach on the marketplace, like our generation's coach. So I went through coach training. I, w- I learned how to do NLP and I learned how to help people transform their thoughts. And I was doing that work on myself and I did that for a while. And, you know, ultimately I realized that coaching thing is just, yeah, that's not how to do it. Um, fortunately I did that like in my first my second year at Amazon. So by the time I get to my third year, fourth year, I figured that out. That's it's consulting on business. But when I was going through that training in my head, when I quit Amazon, I didn't want to build a business. I just wanted to work with a a mega ton of people. I wanted to help people personally. And I get to 30 clients (laughs) and I was like, ah, this is not it. This is not what I thought it would be. I thought it would be this great thing. I get to talk to 30 people a a week, help them grow their businesses, help them with their life. And it wasn't it. It wasn't it. Uh, and I was like, okay, I need to build a different, I, I, I built a mousetrap. That's just not the right mousetrap. So I need, yeah. I need to build a, I need to build something new. And I knew how to do that. So I went, I started the path of, cause I'm at capacity now, so I can't take on any more. I could, but now I go to the down the journey. I hit my capacity. I'm making 20, $30,000 a month. I'm going to go hire someone now. I went down that journey. So that's how it happened. I, scaled until I broke myself and I just, I didn't build the dream. I built the prison. Exactly. Right. You know, you talk about, we are who we attract, right? Like I built the prison for myself, but I thought it would be the dream and it wasn't. If you're hearing my voice, consider this to be your official invite to join the Asanaverse community on Facebook. It's the number one Asana group on Facebook where you can ask questions, learn alongside other professionals, and find tons of resources to help you take your Asana skills to the next level. Search Asanaverse on Facebook to join the conversation. Yeah, it's that job you created for yourself that you hate. No overtime, no whatever, or lots of overtime and no, no bonus pay and no benefits, right? Yeah. Terrible place to be in. So... Now you're working with, I think you said over 600 clients, or you have worked with over 600 clients, I should say. Um, What are some of the problems you're solving? Like these are, you know, seemingly high performers or, you know, hoping to be high performers and they want to scale their businesses. So what kind of systems are you setting up 
for them? You mentioned on your website, um, like management processes and setting up processes. What are the common, you know, um, processes you are setting up or, or what are you seeing are the biggest needs from, from a lot of these yeah. leaders in their businesses? So let's start with the pain point and then come in with what, what's the solution. So our yeah. scope of clients range, it's pretty drastic. Our largest client last year did 60 million and they're still our client. Okay. Um, and they're pacing to do 120 this year. So we should have a nine figure client this year. Um, hmm. And our smallest client right now did, did 5K last month. So we have okay. different solutions for different sizes. But I'll start with our typical retainer client. You know, 50% of our clients that come in for the retainer model are doing more than a million annually. 50% of them are doing like between 30K and then, you know, the million dollar run rate, 30K per month, million dollar run rate, 84K per month. So the majority of those people, they've built the prison in some capacity, right? So they're at the core of the operation. Their team's asking them a lot of questions. Um, They have to do a lot of account management. They're sitting in multiple seats and they can't like, they just don't have the time to build what they want to build. Um, Clients might be churning because they scale too fast. Now their team's not executing, right? Profit margins are too low. They're not hiring the right talent. They're... Their team is not a team that of rock stars, so they source the wrong talent. Um, their LTV is low because of that. They don't yeah. have the right strategy to remove themselves from the operation, and they're the core of everything. So these are the most common things we solve. The right. the way we do that, I give the analogy of building an agency is like building a house. If you have a poor foundation, you'll never scale to a skyscraper. The thing that we have mm-hmm. to do when we go in and do our due diligence, we always find the structure is not dialed into scale. So we have to go in and first and foremost fix the structure. And our structure is the eight-step plan. Eight-step plan is basically, um, for me being a lean operator or a lean Six Sigma operator my time at Amazon, I basically take the Amazonian blueprint and bring it to agencies to start. Mm-hmm. Once we Are fix that belts? foundation, um, I was a green belt in 2016 through my time at Ohio State. I was like, eh. Okay. Don't want to become a black belt, but I, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a lean six segment operator nonetheless. Green belt, so right. that's entry level. That was the basics. Um, okay. I'll say Amazon turned me into their own black belt, right? So right. we we restructure the the process and the operation so we can scale, and then it's okay. What do you, what are your specific needs? Is it sourcing talent? Is it setting up a management process now that people could run this operation? Is it shifting your account management and your customer success processes? Is it building better forecasting and data aggregation so you could use that data to to build a better like plan and path? Is it onboarding your talent, training your talent? Like so, mm. I give the analogy. It's not even an analogy. My, my book, whenever I write that, will have nine distinct chapters. Right. So it's which chapter of your business do we need to fix first operations management culture customer success two chapters right so yeah it's we're customizing it towards the need of the client but it always starts with the core foundation of the operation okay and so what happens next you you're identifying these problems or at least you're setting the stage for where the engagement could could typically start what does your discovery look like how are you getting buy-in from these individuals and how long does an engagement look like? would love to know more about that process. Yeah. So I think the buy-in, most of them, a lot of our leads come from inbound. So they're seeing my content. They're seeing my biggest platform is Twitter or YouTube. I'm now starting to get organic reach on YouTube, which is crazy. So I'm like less Great. than two months old on YouTube. I would say for the inbound leads, there's buy-in because they've seen me already. Mm-hmm. Um, Sorry, my dog is sleeping. She's growling. It's adorable. So the inbound clients are coming in with buy-in. Yeah. 
And then the outbound clients, right? The ones that don't know us, we have to demonstrate competency through the sales process where we are basically consulting them. Here's what we believe you need in your business based on the problems you share. When we mm-hmm. onboard them, we do a one to two week due diligence process. And the due diligence process starts first and foremost with interviews. We're going to talk to the relevant stakeholders, which is a founder, multiple founders, and relevant people. Because what happens when you start to ask, hey, what you know, what's success look like? What are your pain points? What's not optimized? What's going to break? You know, are there people problems? Are there systems problems? When you start to ask all these things, it's basically saying, here's where things are broken. Here's where you should look. Because if you yeah. just go look at project management software, if you just there's so much more than just the actual project management and the execution, because there's also people problems too. So we need to know those too. We need to know the drama. So we start there and then we actually will go and audit the systems. We'll look at the, is there a workflow? Do they, do they have their steps mapped out? Do they have good project management? Do they have visibility no. and end-of-day reporting? Do they have clear responsibilities, goals, and KPIs? Do they have ways to coach and manage and give feedback? Right? Do they have a strategy to retain customers for long-term? Do they have upsell? So we look at all these things. We look at the P&L, and then we build a plan. 12-week plan, 12-week roadmap. And our auditing due diligence section ends with a, a debrief and presentation. And the presentation is always the same. Clients like, wow, this is this is exactly what I'm looking for. We've never had a client that says this debrief sucks. This plan sucks, right? So yeah. the, our clients are always saying, that, "Wow, this is great. Let's do it." And then we then we go into the weekly consulting. And like I said before, right, a great entrepreneur needs two things: they need accountability. I need to stay on the path, and I want to make sure I don't lose momentum because things will happen, things will break, and clarity. If I know exactly what to build, how to build it, and building it the right way the first time around, I'm going to do it. And mm. that's what we bring to the table. And it's really as simple as just follow follow the steps. Ask us the questions where you're not clear. We'll train you on the things. We'll show you how to build it. And that's why mm. it works. That's why our success rate for everyone that's gone through and done the work, it's 100%. Because it's 100% Beautiful. satisfaction, guaranteed your money back. We've never issued a refund over 600 clients. Amazing. And so you're... you're- consultants or your operators, I should say, like, are they working strictly on project base for that 12 weeks to implement the plan to provide the clarity and the accountability? Are you placing some of them in a fractional role? Curious to know what no that fractional. I like. call ourselves micro consultants. That's a great question. Um, okay. so for everyone that doesn't know fractional, you know, you, it's someone typically that's going to be like a outsource executive. They'll work in the business with you five to 10 hours a week or three to 10 hours a week. We're working with our clients 30 minutes to an hour a week. So we're providing the the path. Wow. And the angle, it comes from my coaching methodology, right? So that's when I was coaching. That's what I was doing. So when I started consulting, I looked at the model. I looked at the marketplace. I'm like, whoa, if you want to hire a really great executive, if you want to go to like EOS, you need to drop 30K. No one could afford yeah. that. If you want help with your operations, you could join a group program for like 20K or 10K, and then it's not one-on-one. That sucks. There's yeah. not a single one-on-one operating operating solution that I could find. Holy bazinga. We have a great position in the marketplace. So it's mm. one-on-one in a micro perspective. And the purpose of the call, we're going to make sure you know exactly what to do next week to continue yep. to execute this plan. And if you don't, we're going to review it. We're going to go through it. We're going to train you on it. We're going to make sure you can keep the ball moving. And in between the calls with Slack, Slack's great because, hey, we built this. Can you review it? Drop a voice note. Here's a Loom video, right? So the the async communication is really fantastic too because we're building stuff and we're reviewing it virtually with our clients as well. Cool. So what happens after the 12 weeks? I'm curious and my, my real question is, you know, like, 
how do you, how do you really scale this? Because though the problems are very similar, like we understand the problem, they're all a little bit unique, and some of them might take a little bit longer to get there. So are these retainer clients? Are you billing them hours? Is there a set project fee for the entirety? Yeah, so it's a retainer model. We have clients yeah. this month to month work with us as long as you want, but after twelve weeks, let's build another twelve week plan. Yeah, and another, cool. and another. Right. So we're doing what entrepreneurs should do. Every entrepreneur should have twelve week sprints. Every entrepreneur should be reverse engineering success. They're not doing it, so we're going to do it for you, right? So what people get and why people stay for a year or two or longer with us is because we become a part of their executive team. We're providing that strategy and helping them reverse engineer their success because we know how to do it because we've all, I've run any figure business with Amazon, all my consultants, they're way more tenured yeah. than I am. I'm the youngest one on my team, right? They, they've also built and run a figure business, so they know what these guys need. So the scalability right. thing is each consultant could scale up to about 30 clients, give or take. Okay. And cool. we usually try to figure out what each consultant is looking for. Do you want 10 hours of consulting a week, fires ever consulting a week, like 20 hours. So we kind of look towards that and we ramp up consultants based on what they want. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of scalability, how scalable is it? I mean, I, I see a really straight path to 10 million annually. Um, after that, I'll let you know. Marquee. So I'll keep you posted. Yeah, keep me informed. Um, yeah, your your approach to to the discovery and the questions you're asking and, and what you're doing, um, very familiar, obviously, but just curious how much software and automation um, plays a role in some of these solutions. Right. You're coming in, you're assessing, you're making your recommendations. Of course, are you recommending like, okay, you're on this software stack? No, use this software stack that we know and trust, we know works well. Were you working with them? How are you making yeah. those recommendations? Yeah. So for like someone, someone like what you do, and that's why I was saying like we don't have an Asana vendor. So that's going to be great right. for us. So we're going to keep talking. Yeah. Yeah. There's so there's a it, we we were referring businesses out for the pro, like the software component. So you like Airtable? Right. Here's our Airtable vendor. Here's the ClickUp vendor. Good luck for Asana. <laughs> um, sure. Not today, no. but um, what we realized, what we actually built this in the last six, I started to acquire a business that would actually build out um, all that stuff, all the software, all the project management, all the integrations. I bought into that business last year. It was okay. Horrible failure. Um, I hated it. I didn't like one of the partners, um, how he, I didn't like how I I liked him. I didn't like how he was behaving. Um, And after 90 days, I was like, I can't be here. And I Mm. paid I, I had a vesting schedule, so I had paid a certain amount and my co the, my partner in the business, like, I'm not giving your money back. You're just wasting my time. And I left and that business crumbled. So I was like, I purchased this. Nothing. I know how this business works. And then I looked at my CTO. I'm like, let's just build this in house because they're not doing yeah. it anymore. So now we do Airtable development. We do, we kind of do what you do for Asana, but for Airtable and, you right. know, we make recommendations, usually Asana, hey, what's your preference? Asana, Airtable, ClickUp, we prefer Airtable. So we will cross sell mm-hmm. our clients or into that experience if they need all that's built. But some clients will come in with an Asana dashboard and we're like, we, hey, you need to talk to Marquis. Because yeah. we're not, we do not know Asana, we will not touch that. But Marquis got your back. So yeah, so that's part of our process too, where we do guide them through the software component. I call it hard and soft systems. Hard systems are what you and I build for that like your CRM, your integrations, your project management, your automations. And then there's soft mm-hmm. systems, right? Um, client 
management, account management, people management. Those are softer qualitative things. Okay. Awesome. And what are your go-tos? I mean, you're, you already said you're not really in the operations of the business, but you're, you're involved more or less. And so what are you using to get through your day? What's keeping you on track? What are you looking at? Is it QuickBooks or zero that you're looking at dashboards? Just looking at productivity. Well, I will look at that. So let's just go, what, what, what's the data or things that I'm using to manage my day? So I, I flip flop like once a quarter, I'll be like, yeah, I want to write things down this, this quarter. And then I'll go back. Like, yeah, I need a virtual checklist. Right. So yeah. the way I aggregate and organize my day, first and foremost, um, I start with what I call the four one one. It's always about if we want to be at the 10 and my target for our business was to be at the $10 million run rate is to be at the $10 million run, run rate by next year. I don't know if we will. Um, so if we want to be there, what are the things I need to accomplish this year, this month, this week? So I start there and it's always appointments because capacity mm-hmm. and ops is good. It's always marketing. So like my 411 actions for today, I need to record some new videos. We're doing a, a Twitter storm as my partner was of Ecom on Twitter calls it. We need to update um, something on our click funnels. I need to potentially change one of the softwares for my cold calling and I didn't record a bunch of content. And then I make sure... I have at least one or two podcasts a week or I'm doing one or two webinars a week, right? So that's yeah. my working on, working on the business for me is really about doing that and then I'm training, right? So I'm still training my team. Then I have my other buckets. I have my sales and marketing. I have my operations and my admin. My admin usually gets delayed all week, all week until Friday. Um, sure. And then I figure out at what point do I need to mark and do this actual operational work. So one thing that we have for today is I need to do a new onboarding video. Because we had one client that came in that didn't have the right expectation. Even though we reviewed all the communication, we watched all the videos, we said all the right things, we did all the right things, and they still had one impression that was not accurate. So I was like, okay, we need we did everything we can control. We're not, there's something we're missing that we can control that we need to put into this. So I need to have a new onboarding video. So I'm gonna, you know, that's important. I'm gonna build that out. So that's how I manage my day. I build time blocking, I do time blocks. And then from like a data perspective, I'm looking at QuickBooks um, every Friday. So I still do my own bookkeeping because I think once you get disillusioned with the numbers, you're a disillusioned founder, right? I, I literally categorize everything. And granted, I have all the rules in QuickBooks. So I still know my numbers to a T. And every week we're reviewing a few things. So we're looking at appointment set. We're looking at um, no-shows. We're looking at offers made, deals closed clients churned or clients at risk. And then on a biweekly and monthly basis, we're looking at that on an aggregate and we're looking at what do we need to do to increase more appointments? Um, what do we need to do to decrease no-shows or are we in a good, happy number? What do we need to do to get more offers out? What do you need to do to optimize and improve that closing rate? Right. So we're looking at the data and it's telling us a story. Um, and from there, we start to divvy up and assign who's doing that task and going to drive that process improvement in the business. And that, that's how we do it. That's the game. Fantastic. That's, that's, that's amazing. So just curious, I mean, earlier you said that you're like a, a spiritual person and, you know, um, just curious what, or like how that plays a role in, in your life. And then, and then the business, like for me, um, every morning I wake up, I'm at the gym, I'm journaling, right. And every day I'm, I'm checking off like my goals. So for you, from a, a business owner, entrepreneur's perspective, what does that look like for you? Is that a part of your, your day to day? How do you plan oh, yeah. doing K 
curious to know what those practices look like. Yeah. So the spiritual angle and the practice are a little bit different. I could share both. Which would you prefer first? Let's go with the goal setting and the, and the journal side of things. Um, so from a habit perspective, um, I, like I already said, I'm reverse engineering success every Friday. So when I go into the new week, I know what I have to do. And then usually on a daily or bi-daily basis, I'm updating that. So when I do things, I'm turning the new page or virtually, um, working out five days a week. So I hit gold's gym. I came there when came from there this morning. So that's the world famous, like gym that Schwarzenegger went to. I'm the smallest one in there. It's highly motivating. Um, and then I'm meditating every day, 20 minutes and I do the cold shower and you know, the, I have the 32 ounces of water first thing in the morning and athletic greens. So that's the morning. And by the time I get to my calls or whatever I'm doing, I'm already like, I'm jazzed up. The energy is really high. So we'll do the work in the afternoon. I take my dog and run. We live. So when I look this way, I'm looking, I see palm trees and I see the beach and I see the water. So I hit the beach with her and we go on a beach run. And it's just so refreshing every day, another cold shower and lunch. So by the time I go back into the afternoon, I've recharged, right? Because I'm pumping the adrenaline, the endorphins and, you know, the cold shower. I'm sure that does something. And to end it all out, you know, the, the evening, right? I, I close everything down. I mark all my tasks and I leave this and I leave this here. Yeah. And I'm usually making like doing to be, a, excuse me, a sous chef for my wife. We're okay. usually this is something new we're doing. We're doing Babel. We're learning Italian right now where we're playing games with each other and then we'll wind down. We'll do dinner. I had the blue light glasses on and then try to get eight, nine hours and do it all over again. That's, that is the habitual routines that we're doing. Morning, afternoon, evening routine. Love it. Very cool. Um, What's next for you, Jordan? I mean, you, you mentioned that you're on track for the the, the 10 million run rate. Um, what are you excited about? What's next? What's next for you in the consultancy? Yeah, so the, I w- I'll I'm on I'm setting a target for that in 2024. If we can actually be there, we'll see. Because usually, I think I could do something that takes longer. But uh, this is what's next. You know, we're helping over 100 agency owners right now. We've helped hundreds, and the goal is thousands. The goal is millions, right? So, I think most entrepreneurs they get to mul- I'm at, we're, we're a multi million dollar business. They get to multi million dollars and they look at something else, and I will not. Right. The founder, Alex Ramosi once asked the founder of what's that uh, Asian place? It's Panda Express. He said, had you built a multi-billion dollar business? He said, I, I only worked on the one thing for 30 years. I did one thing for 30 years and that was open right. Panda Express. But, so for me, it's, right. I'm going to keep working on this one thing. You know, right. some amplifiers of that. We had a book. There will be a book. I'm starting to network with New York Times bestselling authors. One of my family and friends work at Scholastic. So we're talking about potential agents. So I think if if we have a really great book and I have the context and I pour a lot of money into the marketing, maybe right with the universal like alignment, maybe that could do well. Yeah. And you know, it's just continue to build more attribution sources, get my name out there. So we're making a lot more content, getting a lot more podcasts, gonna start doing a lot more events. And it's just do what we're doing in 10 exit. It's that simple. Very right. Cool. Don't change, stay on the course. I, I don't have shiny objects and I have objects that I'm like, that'd be cool, but maybe in another lifetime. So that's You're the game. a seasoned vet. You, you, you don't, uh, you don't give into shiny objects syndrome anymore. That's, that's great. No. Um, so eight, the number eight figure agency.co 
that's Jordan's website. Go check it out. Um, again, there's a great video on there that explains what they do. There's some great case studies and testimonials. Jordan, apart from your website, where can people uh, find you, learn more about what you're doing? Yeah. So I would say Twitter is probably my most active channel. So that's Jordan underscore Ross at Jordan underscore Ross underscore eight F. And I think my YouTube handle is Jordan Ross eight F. So Jordan underscore Ross underscore eight F on Twitter, Jordan Ross eight F. And I would say those are the two platforms that we're putting the most. Um, that's where we're putting the most content out and our best content. So connect with me there. DMs are open, but you might have to DM me at DM me twice because we got hundreds of DMs going out a day. Um, so Persistent, yeah, folks. yeah, that's um, thank you so much for having me on. And I'll, I'll end with this because I think it's really important. Um, yeah. You did say about the, the spirituality and I'll just I kind of want to end with that. If that's cool. Sure. I think yeah. uh, a lot of people will hear. I'm, I'm saying a lot of cool stuff, right? Like I'm making this seem cool and sexy. And, and the reality it is, um, one, the thing that's most important for me is continually evolving in my own spiritual expression and my own personal growth. And the business for me is the biggest, that and my marriage are the two biggest things that actually provide my growth and my evolution because shit will, excuse me, things will break all the time. Um, yeah. Things will not go well. And it's, the opportunity for me to evolve past that. So that's the first thing. Like the reason I've gone here is because I have that mindset that I am going to evolve and grow through this. And that's the only option. And I pay a lot of different people, therapists. I have a hypnotherapy session after this, consultants, coaches that hold me accountable and ensure I'm growing. And the other thing mm. is I would, I started this journey 10 years ago. Right. So a lot of people are like, oh, I want to yeah. build a multimillion dollar business. I'm like, great. Talk to me in 10 years and don't freaking don't change your persistence. It's just about stay on the path and keep executing. And that's why and if you just do those things, you have that growth mindset and you stay on the path, you'll, you'll be there. Just get the guys to do those two things. That's all. So thank you, Marky. That's good. Very well said. Jordan, thanks so much for your time. Uh, looking forward to catching up offline. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the In Systems We Trust podcast with Marky Murray. If you liked what you heard today, hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Don't forget to rate the episode and share it with a friend. Head over to thinkditto.com to learn more about how the team at Ditto can help your business scale by implementing the systems and processes needed to get you there. If you're enjoying the episode, I need to ask a favor. Would you just take a minute to go on iTunes, leave a quick rating and review of the podcast? This helps the podcast get in front of other listeners just like you. Any help to get the word out is much appreciated. Thanks for listening.